Welcome to The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion Podcast. I'm Danielle Rodoichin. Each episode features a conversation with a creative mind about the things that inspire them or that have given their life meaning in some way. From books, to art, to a piece of jewellery, these objects are collected into a cabinet which resides in physical form in the attic at 5 Carlos Place, the Matches Fashion Townhouse in London. Today I'm talking to Robert Rabensteiner, the men's stylist and fashion editor. Raised in the northeast of Italy, he spent time working with the late, legendary Italian Vogue editor Franca Zazzani, creating beautiful fashion stories for Luomo Vogue, working with major photographers including Deborah Turberville, Bob Richardson and Peter Lindbergh. Celebrated for his exquisite personal taste, he has become an Instagram star and style influencer regularly photographed at fashion events around the world. I sat down with him to talk about his personal take on style, the importance of magazines, and what it was like to style legendary Hollywood producer, Bob Evans. <laughs> I'm trying to do- The summer is here. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to do uh, intermittent fasting. Apparently, you have all your calories. You, you consume all your calories between 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. in the day. That's what I'm trying at the moment. What is this one? It's called. It's called intermittent fasting. Intermittent. It's this six. You cannot eat for 16 hours. Yes. 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. Does it work? Yeah. Yeah. It okay, works. Okay. Good. But you have to keep it for at least. 10, to week, 10 days till two weeks, 14 okay, days. Okay, so you do the same thing every day for yes, 10 days? Yes, yes. And <laughs> if you do this with 16 hours, that's the best one. Okay, that's what I'm doing. So fingers Yeah, crossed. this I want to stop. Maybe I stop today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, you, can, you can start because you said you didn't have any breakfast today because you left Milan yeah, at 5 a.m. Yeah, but then you need to... Ah, actually, no, you're right. You can start at 12. You can eat till 8. But then after 8... And today, Marie-Louise is coming, everybody is coming, so I'm not sure it's going to be a good time <laughs> to do this. That's Marie-Louise. You're going to go out and <laughs> have drinks like this. That's Marie-Louise from Il Pelicano. Yes. Who you've done a collaboration with yes. here at Matches Fashion yes. for Five yes. Colors Place. Tell us a bit about that. So, you know, it's it, it was always actually... Uh, these two hotels, now it's three hotels, just where they bought uh, the third one, the Mezzatorre in Ischia, who I've seen always from the boat, but never was never inside. But a few years ago, it was like six, seven years ago, I was coming to have dinner at the Pelicano and I met Marie-Louise and I was so fascinated of the hotel, of the service, of the beauty, the beach. And I mean, it is one of the most beautiful hotels in Italy and even the Posta Vecchia was like has this history of the Paul Getty house and then became a hotel and you feel this uh, it's special it's elegant unique uh, yes so and I met Marie-Louise there she's the daughter of the owner of the owner who bought the boat or these hotels and uh so we became right away very good friends and I tried to do stories on her and the stories about the hotel. And I mean, I traveling the last 
25 years, 28 years around the world non-stop. I was working before uh, like a fashion editor for Warmer Vogue and Italian Vogue. So I was so lucky to be always in the good hotels and working in the good hotels, shooting in the good hotels. And uh, yes, and the Pelicano, it was always special to me. And plus, if you're a very good friend too, makes it even more special. You said that a, ho a hotel or good hotels in general would be one of, one of the things you choose to speak about for the cabinet at Five Carlos Place. Yes. What is it that makes one hotel more special than another? What sets it apart? Well, the first, it's the location. It has to be one of the best spots. If you go in a city, it should be in a good place. If, you go, if I go to Paris, I stay always at the Ritz. I started there to do my first stories, my first, first fashion stories. Do you still like it even after the renovation? Yes, yes. And it's, it's about the location, it's about the people, it's about the service, it's of course about the whole, uh, the rooms are. Uh, but it's more especially the service. And if you, with like my job, if you travel so much and you have to, it's like your second home. If you go to Paris, if you go to London, if you go to, to New York, it's nice to come always in the, to the same place. So, I, I mean, I like this and then I like to have my drinks there, then I like to have my sport there. It's, it's your second home. Your, your upbringing, um, you grew up in the northeast of Italy, yes. in South Tyrol. Um, and it sounds like your upbringing was fairly unusual. Yes. I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about it. Yeah, but it. It, it, South Tyrol was before the Second War, it was Austria. And that's why we grow up by Lang. So we have, I, I did, did, did German school, and the second language was Italian. And it's very special where you have this, first of all, I feel very Italian, but my f first language is German. And, and you have my tradition, even tradition family, it's Austrian. So uh, I love to have this, it's nice to have this mix of characters. Your parents are Austrian? Yes. And the country and uh, South Tyrol, it's very, you grow, I grow up in the nature, in the forest and I'm very strong related to the, to the nature. And I find actually every answer in the nature. What do you mean by that? I mean, if you, I mean, I, I love to go back there. If you have, if you work a lot, you travel a lot and you go back to the, to your country and going back to the forest and working in the forest and uh, doing stuff what you're doing uh, to create around your house makes me gives me peace or it gives me the answer i'm very down and relationships ended or if somebody died i think the nature gives you the answer you don't need to talk too much but so how do you connect you with nature now? Do you go for walks or is there somewhere in particular you like to go? I go work. I work a lot. It's there where I have my house. It's to get to the house. You have to take the funicular and the chairlift and then in working the, half an hour. Where is the house? It's in Merano 
and it's up to 1,700 meters. So it's the end of the forest and then starts the mountain. And I like to work six, seven hours to go up to the top of the mountains. You walk up? Yes, wow. yes. So I did uh, do it less an hour. I don't have the dog anymore, but the dog was pushing <laughs> you more to do it. But yeah, I love to do that. What kind of dog did you have? A Weimaraner. Oh, boy. Yeah, boy. Very special. Tadeus was his name. Oh. So now I'm waiting for the new one and <laughs> let's go up to the mountain. Another Weimarama? <laughs> no, no. I think the same type, but I don't want to have the same. It makes me remember too much. Mm. So you're just going back to your childhood. So you grew up, um, did you have brothers and sisters? No. So you're an only child. I'm only child, but I come from a big family. When they were My Austrian. mother had... No, they all grew up in South Tyrol. I mean, now you can say, you know, the one part was Austrian, the other one was Italian. Mm. Uh, but they all grew up in South Tyrol. And, but the um, mother's part was had like eight sisters mm. and brothers mm. and my father ten. Mm. So it was, it was a huge family. But I'm alone, I'm only child. Mm. Is it true your parents were deaf? Yes, yes. Both of them? Both of them. This is one, that's why it was, I mean, we was like separate from the big other family, but to learn to speak and uh, that's why I was always with the family. So you spoke in sign language with yes, them? Yes, yes. Are they still alive? My father is still alive. And have you used, do you speak with other deaf people in sign language regularly? Yes, yeah. yes. I did, I was teacher uh, for three years for children's, deaf children's, and I teach the history of art. And when did you teach? Where did you teach the history of art? It was in Merano and in Bolzano. And that was a very important part of my life. And it's still, I have projects what I want to do. I want to create a school in South Africa. And uh, yes, create to a school for deaf children. Does learning sign language give you a different perception of communication? And, yes. and what is that for you? So in my family, I had really a very elegant mother and very sensitive mother. And my father was quite uh, tough with his... There's two related. The other one, the mother was very sensitive and the father very... Maybe he never accepted that he was deaf. That's why he fought it all his life. And he was the president of deaf uh, people in South Tyrol. And uh, yes, to grow up in a deaf family, it's you connected, you've, you're connected more with feelings and with eyes and with lips. And I think my sensation, and it's quite, uh, I can feel from the eyes the sensation of the other person. Would you say that something from nature would be something you'd put into your into the cabinet upstairs as one of the things that means something to you? Yeah, that I will put like, of course, a jacket, a wool jacket, Tyrolean traditional jacket. Uh, maybe some worker objects to cut the roses, to cut uh, something on the trees, and a good book. 
Any book in particular you'd like? A novel or a... My, I love them. Now I'm very... It's actually a while now that I'm very into Russian writers, Tolstoy. Uh, I read again Oblomov's story. It's about the man who is a writer who sleeps in, lives all his life in bed and talks about love. Uh, Nurayev, um, Nijinsky, uh, I'm this moment like this. Mm. And Tolstoy loved like war and peace. Okay. So we could put in a, we could put in a copy of War and Peace. I think Tyrolean it should be a topic. nice corner of Russian writers and dancers. Done. Okay. And at what point in your childhood did you become aware of style? Was it through your mother? Or? Through my mother and through... Yeah, I'm less of my through my mother and my grandfather, and the style was more in observing. You know, why I was growing up more to observing, not with voices, but more with looking. And I was really upset with movies and books, photography books, and uh, that was bringing me actually to the style. It was true fashion magazines too, but more to historic movies and historic books. Any films in particular that you that's, that you, that inspired you? Uh, 100% sure the Visconti movies. Yeah. Uh, very close to my story of the family. But the style of particularly how Visconti was seeing every single details, how to make a table for the dinner, how to make, how are the people working in the house, uh, all the situation of the big family. No, I grew up in a big family. So it's all about this style, what Visconti showed in every single movies. Um, but particularly his style was very... His personal style or the style that he brought to the film? His personal style and the mm. um, style of the actors mm. he mm. used. Mm. What was the third thing that you'd like to talk about for the cabinet? Actually, the Engadine, always when I, I live between, I stay a lot in Samaritz, I stay a lot in the Dolomites, and uh, I love skiing, and... Uh, but the Engadine has something very special. The, the nature is... Always when I go up there, my heart starts to open. Mm. Um, so was it your teaching job that took you away from home? Did you go to university? Yes, I did. Like I did uh, the school art school and then I was going to Where, Vienna. Which art school was it? It was the art school in... The name was it always in a valley in a small town next to Merano and then I did history of art in Vienna and uh, and then I start to be uh, obsessed of photography and my dream was working with Deborah Turberville with Helmut Newton and Bob Richardson and it came all true to me mm. I mean I was working to get there and right. then I combined style fashion uh, so what, with a passion. What how I, did you become, how did you go from being a student um, studying history of art to becoming a fashion editor? Yeah, it was like, the, I started, I was really, up, up, uh, up, um, I was really related to photography, but the Eden, uh, 
were related even to fashion. And uh, there I started to read all the Vogue, the American Vogues, and the French Vogue, and the Italian Vogue. And my dream, I said, I want maybe to go to come to photography, maybe I need to do fashion. And then I start to go to Paris and to understand which part I want to go. But then I said, uh, I'm going to go to photography and I want to be a stylist. And then I uh, came to Milano and I met Franca Sozzani, and who was my biggest gift in my whole process of my work life. So Franca Sozzani is the late editor of Italian Vogue. Yes. She's sort of a legend in the fashion world. Yeah. What was your relationship with her like? It was a very special, uh, I mean, if you work together 23 years, it's, um, it's started really like a working relationship and then starts to be like, if you work day and night together, it starts to be even like a friendship. And, but we even sometimes we, we, in work life, it was like, uh, we not even needed to talk so much. We, we talked for five minutes about the story and we got it with the we got it right away how to do how to create the story. And what were the things that you had in common that made you get along so well? Style. It was more to be I saying style, but it was related to fashion, but to have your own vision, to work on your own vision, what you created about me, related to history of art, related to all the old movies, um, and loving the photography, and Franca loved photography. Which, which photographers in particular did she like? Deborah Turboville. In, I mean, she liked Paolo Roversi, uh, Peter Lindbergh, uh, uh, I mean, she liked many photographers, but what we had in common, and I had the gift working with, was with Deborah Turbeville, with Michel Comte, uh, with Bob Richardson, with many others, I mean, it's, uh, So she's famous for pushing the boundaries when it came to fashion editorials, for example, with her or black issue or the photo, um, the photo shoot in the oil slick with Krista McMenemy yes. um, and many others. Um, did you feel like she inspired you and pushed you to try new things and be a version of yourself that you didn't know you could be? That was the gift of Franca, what she was giving to everybody. She let stay being the photographer, how they are, how they're seeing the vision and the fashion editor the same. I mean, she was really giving you the... If she felt you that you are really clear what you are doing, so she let you do what was good for her. Of mm -hmm. course, related to what was good for the magazine too. Mm -hmm. uh, but she had this gift to see, to have these eyes with many fashion editors and with many photographers to let them create what they are. You, your wish came true and you work with a lot of those photographers that you mentioned and that you really admire, like Deborah Turbeville and Bob Richardson, and Peter Lindbergh and so on. Which of those photo editorials stick in your brain as something that you really remember clearly? 
and there's many. But uh, you know, there is with me with with Deborah Turberville, I had really a special relationship. We did many trips together to Russia, to Mexico, to and we find it was not a big team. It was me and her and with one assistant. We traveled when we find people on the street to find the beauty on the street or the beauty on the dancers. Uh, that was a special part of my work life. Uh, there's other photographers like with Michel Comte when I was staying a lot in, in Los Angeles and shooting all the big stars. And that was actually the beginning. Wama Vogue was going very into celebrities and uh, we started to do many you know when we did it was related houses and people and that was a nice combination and uh, it was nice to go to the Oscars and to that was a nice part too. Which, was, which Oscars did you go to? I mean let's say the last one was 10 years ago, 15. Okay. It started 15 years ago till for five years I was going a lot to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, we did then the Oscar issue, then we did the Venice Film Festival uh, issue, art issues. I mean, there was many. It's funny you mentioned the shoots where you photograph someone in their home surroundings and the, and the interiors become part of the fashion in yes. a way. Because when I was looking at your website and some of the earliest editorials you've put on there from Luomo Vogue, which I think are from the early 90s, or, yeah, yeah. Um, are interior shoots, um, and they're incredibly beautiful. Um, do you think that's something that's, it's, it's, it's changed, that's a style, you don't see that happen as much anymore in that magazine in particular, and do you miss doing that? No, I think you can see uh, no, I think it doesn't change. It changed. Maybe the photographers mm -hmm. are changing. You have younger photographers. But the way to see, if you ask me if to see the fashion differently, of course, the fashion, it's different. But if you, that specific part of Wamo Vogue, where we were shooting uh, the rider or the dancer or the, putting them together with the, in their own environment, it was... A vision for that period but I don't think you it's missing this but it changed maybe the photographers but you see you can still see this in other magazines what do you think makes your styling distinctive from others I have a specific style I mean my specific style it's very always to analyze myself is a little <laughs> bit more difficult. I have, you should ask somebody else about <laughs> this. But uh, me to be different, I mean, different makes that I have my unique style to have some, I, I don't know, the football player uh, playing football on the bat at the Ritz. Uh, <laughs> I want to play around my uh, styling, playing around, putting in the pyjama, and I mean, I was one of the first ones using men with pyjamas and with the robe de chambre. Uh, that was what Franca was saying. She was at home, but he was the first one to use that. She used pyjamas? And yes. I mean, so I, when we were shooting, it came, it came out. Actually, we did the shooting one, one with Michel Comte on Julian Schnabel, and the other one was with Mark Seliger. We did the cover with the whole family's one of my favorite covers. Mm. 
And so Julian was actually one of the first one wearing the pyjamas, but we're using them in the stories. Uh, in Womavog, I was one of the first ones. So it's this very luxurious, um, at-home idea of style, very comfortable. No, my, it's not in this case pyjama and home. Of course, it's related. But mm. I like eating the pyjama, doing it on the boat or doing it on the street. But mixing... Uh, mixing with some, I don't know, with a fur coat or mm -hmm. to make it more stylish. Uh, I like to dream about in the picture that you see that the man is a unique dreamer. If you see Jeremy Irons with his kaftan and his coat going in the forest, this is something for me, dreaming. What do you think about the current fashion moment as a huge focus on sportswear, elevated streetwear? It's very different to the kind of thing you've been describing. Um, is that something that you feel you can relate to? Do you? Ah, totally, yes. I love the streetswear and I actually like to mix the streetswear with elegant, uh, with elegance. So it can be, if we have sneakers, I wear always sneakers, and but you have it like with an elegant suit. So you're wearing... Of course, from the, from the form, it doesn't work if you go to a gala, a dinner, and you come with sneakers, maybe it's not so nice, but mm. from... I like the mix with streetswear and putting together with elegance. What about your personal style? Um, you talked about how you like... Um, pajamas <laughs> styling yes, in them yes. your own personal things for um shopping uh do you shop or do you collect what's I your approach collect. Uh, so i collect i have this so normally when i work i have working outfits i mean maybe what? it's really related to the streetswear what, uh, what's your what's your working outfit the working outfit's like the cotton trousers like with the cotton a uh, worker jacket, um, but not specific, I cannot say, but it's the color, the blue color is very important. And um, I like to travel, when I travel a lot, I go to India, or when I go to Africa, or I go to Morocco, I like to go to specific to find the key of the traditional style of that each country and to make it for my tailor so that's why i have this for the evening jacket i have always these pakistan russian jackets where you close on the side with the button on the side and pakistan uh, russian it's pakistan indian russia i mix this oh so you are so the one that made it i make that it hybrid. i make it okay. and i make it for my tailor, but I try to always find, when I go to Morocco, maybe I find this Moroccan special piece and I make it happen for my tailor, again in a new version. And if shopping, I love shopping, I mean, I love my, I love to go to Hermes, I go to, uh, I love shopping, it's now, it's a little bit too big, I love shopping, it sounds like I go really shopping, but, when I go to countries uh, like India, I like to shop and to find special pieces and I'm a big collector of this. So do you keep your clothes? I have three rooms where I put all my... In your home? At my home, yes. 
I need them to have next to me. Right. But there's moments I like to be dressed very well in jeans. Then there's a moment I like to be dressed always in in, in traditional clothing. Uh, it's up to my feelings. That's interesting. So you like to... Be, you need to be near them. You couldn't have them in storage. You don't keep no, them for archive. No, it's no. very much to wear. I keep. I no. I I like to keep them in my archive, but I need to have the archive next to me. But <laughs> maybe today in the morning I wake up and maybe for my fashion stores, what I'm creating, I need the piece. Or I, I so like you use to your mix own personal pieces for styling. Yeah, I like sometimes. to mix the modern pieces with my personal pieces. You're also famous for having a huge collection of scarves. Yes, Is that right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Still, no, actually, I have to say, it's a period I'm not into scarves. <laughs> You've had enough scarves. But I was using a lot by the scarf. Maybe I was using too long now that <laughs> I were having for every single look a scarf. But uh, yeah, I have a huge collection of scarves. <laughs> when it, you style men and women, Yes. Yeah, you just mentioned Olivia Coleman, who you styled for Vanity Fair. Do you approach them differently? Do you think you need to have a different sensibility when you're styling for a woman as opposed to a man? Or is it interchangeable today? People it's, inter it's For me, it's the same. Mm. I mean, of course, it's up to the story what you create. Mm. Uh, if I did stories for Italian Vogue, for the Haute Couture, but I more, mostly more Haute Couture mm. stories and actually that how I style the man and how this it's actually is always the same direction um, but I think it's more difficult to style a man to make it more unique than a woman um, but it's up it's up to the story what you create about the story mm. I mean it's up to this Who's your favorite person that you've ever styled, whether it's a model or a celebrity or a editor? One, this was Bob Evans. The famous Hollywood producer. Yes, I think that was quite one wow. important part of my When was that? Life. This was not quite a while ago. I think it was 15 years ago, the last time. And with his specific style, and creating with new clothings was something quite interesting. And he has a big charisma. And, yeah. What was he and like? And his house are very gentle. It makes way, you know, people, when you meet people in their own houses, is you see where who is very elegant, real elegant, and who is not elegant. Yeah. Where in the house you see the gentleman. Is that the house that was owned? He bought that house that was originally owned by, was it Greta Garbo or? Yes, yeah. it was, I think Some, it was Greta Garbo. One of those old Hollywood It's stuff. one of the most oldest, chicest house in, in Los Angeles, in Beverly Hills. And I think you feel when you go in, there is a lot, was a lot going on. I mean, you had this beautiful tennis court house and... Uh, uh, it's a small house, but very good style. And he, so, had, he had great personal taste, right? His clothing. Best, oh, yes. So how did you yes. style him? Yeah, but it was always very, his style was very 70s with, I mean, you have the, maybe a white jacket with red trousers and with the long 
gold uh, chain uh, with big sunglasses. Um, I mean, it was all his style. Mm. Was he funny? Did he tell you stories? He was funny. He was funny. He talked about stories. It was a lot of women in the house. <laughs> was that? <there? laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's quite. Was quite. Uh, and Michel Comte so was, was very. So he was still partying at that stage. Yes, yeah. I think he had a still fun that yeah. time. <laughs> wow. And uh, it was actually, it was Michel Comte was bringing me always in this special, special houses, to Mr. Chow and Eva Chow's house. Uh, Where was that? Where was Mr. Chow's house? In Always in Beverly Hills in Malay. And uh, I mean, so I said it was always nice to meet the people in their own houses. That's kind of what I meant before when I was asking you about photographing them in their space. Because I can see that Something in your very, actually now when we go in a deeper, it's, you see more, it's, you can make it more unique, more special. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you yourself have become, I mean, I'm interested in the way that fashion's changed from being very magazine focused to since the advent of the internet and social media, Instagram in particular, it's become very, it's, the focus has changed. So it's changed from being magazine teams and editors dictating to everybody what fashion is to everybody who owns a smartphone can be their own fashion editor. They can curate their own yeah. story. Mm -hmm. You've become a kind of Instagram star or someone who's known, obviously known for your personal style, but you get you're one of those people who is photographed a lot at fashion shows and events all around the world. How, how do you feel about that? Is it something you've cultivated? Does it just happen? Are you happy to be photographed? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I don't, uh, I, I'm, I'm full into Instagram now. I, I like it. I like even to look the other ones. If I see myself, makes me happy that somebody put me in his Instagram or write something very nicely about me. But it's, but I have to, it's very important that if they show me that it's not just about me, it's even to relate it to my job. But I think it's nice for a fashion editor for, and for a stylist, they recognize you, what you do, and not just how you are. But our job now, it's even related how we are, how we dress. And of course, it makes me happy if other ones post me. And I think it changed all with Scott Schumann, who did, who was actually the first one to shoot all the fashion editors. Yeah. But before we was all recognizable about our stories and not just about us. So Scott Schumann, and who had the sartorialist. Who had the sartorialist, yeah. who started actually to go come in with this. And then um, it became bigger. But let's talk about myself. So I so it started with that. And yeah, it makes me happy that they post me and my eat myself to, uh, I'd like to mix, mix in my Instagram, my work, what I did, that my work, what I do, and even with myself when I'm traveling uh, and putting my style together where I am and related to in the hotels. So that's again the mix. What do you think about magazines now? Do you think they're still important? Yes, I think still 
paper is very important if I see the British Vogue makes me a lot inspiring. I like what Edward Eddingfold is doing. I like, you know, I like when people have his, the really vision and a strategy in a magazine. It's not, today it's not only just to do a beautiful story, it's the whole concept around, it's even how you sell yourself, how you sell your magazine. Um, or how you promote your magazine with events, with, with promoting the, the, the people working in your magazine. What it's the diff, it's still important the paper, uh, and it's nice to still look a good magazine to be inspired. It's very important if you say, I want to take out this page and create maybe for my next fashion show what I'm doing for consulting or to have an idea how you want to be dressed. Um, but today it's paper and online social network. For me, it's it's the same. I can be inspired there and I can be inspired by the magazine. But we don't have to forget paper is still important. Before we finish, is there anything else we want to add to your cabinet at Five Carlos Place? I think we spoke about hotels, maybe the Hotel Pelicano. Um, nature, something from nature. Well, you mentioned the Dolomites, but then we'd also put in something, a Tyrolean jacket, some tools. Yeah, um, but it is, it's again related, to this with the nature, it's very, it's, it's important. What I like when I'm, let's put, let's put like the fashion together with the mountain and in the forest, or when you go skiing, so let's go to the sportswear, or you go to the streetswear. I like to mix traditional Tyrolean jackets, wool jackets, or wool sweaters, and with your lederhosen, knickerbocker, and mixing uh, uh, modern and traditional clothings and staying going in the forest and uh, dream again. And you said, um, I asked which piece of clothing in particular, you said traditional suits. Yes, traditional suit was related to say that I like to make my suits made done for my tailor, but used from uh, Morocco, used from India, or used from Russia, if I was into Tolstoy now, and uh, to to Oblomov, and I see the pictures, then I could be inspired to wear these traditional uh, suits and to make them for my tailordom. Got it. Well, thank you very much, Robert. Was thank it for good? Coming. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> That was an episode of The Collector's House, a Matches Fashion podcast. You can find more episodes and more about Five Carlos Place on the Matches Fashion website, and you can join the conversation on social media by searching for at Matches Fashion, at Matches Fashion Man, and the hashtag Five Carlos Place. Thanks for listening.